When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A jam-packed edition of On the Mark with Mark Harmon coming up. Ozzie Guillen, World Series champion, 16 years in the big league. Won it as a coach with the Florida Marlins and won it as a manager with the Chicago White Sox. Ozzie Guillen on the program. And the greatest competitive eater of all time, Joey Chestnut makes an appearance as uh, I talk with Joey. Ethan Blumenthal joins me for that conversation. And Ethan and I do discuss... A seventh-inning stretch gone bad a couple of weeks ago. We had to tackle it. That is all straight ahead on On the Mark with Mark Carmen. One of my favorite people. Very excited to talk to Ozzy Guillen today. Ozzy, before we get into the White Sox right now, can you give me a little background on how some 140-pound guy was able to get himself into Major League Baseball and get yourself to the career that you had. I mean, what, what, when did you start playing as a kid? Who, who had the confidence? How'd you get the confidence that you could be a big league guy? I never thought I got to be a big league guy. You know, I just went out and play and I just want to get out of my country and, and then try and be somebody. I know, uh, you know, my education and what the education people hope to. And, you know, I mean, God gave me the opportunity to be, to come to the United States. And, you know, back then it was harder. But I think it was very hard to to play in the in, in, in United States right now. I think it's easier. Uh, in the past, it was one scout for thirty kids. Nowadays, it's thirty you know thirty scout for one kid. And that's that's uh, the way you know before they give you they, they, they you want to sign they give you thank you and you was pretty shit now they give you millions and millions of dollars to come back to come here and play. But uh, you know I me, mean? I, I got lucky. To stay healthy, I got lucky. My first year in, in, in pro ball, pretty pretty well. My second year, lead the league in hitting and stuff. But I think I started clear about the game for real. Was in the double A, triple A when I got married, and my my first child born in triple A. Then you know I had responsibility, and then I start try. You know, then I start be more uh, into to the game, and more responsibility. You know, I have more responsibility in my life for the game. How old were you when you got married? I was married. I was, I don't know. Let me ask my wife. <laughs> 19. 19. 19 years old. <laughs> you felt ready, huh? Or or did she kind of say, hey, are you going to marry me or not? No, you know I mean? The, oh, well, the reason we got married, you know I mean? Obviously, we were still married. To be married, you had to be in love. You had to respect. You had to, to deal with so many difficulties and a lot of happiness and different type of life. Baseball is not an easy life to be a wife. Yeah. Uh, you know I me. Mean? I think the worst thing about be uh, being baseball, be a wife and be a son or daughter. That's the worst thing ever. Because really your parents and your dad is never there for you. And, you know, your husband, you're never there for her in the big days, special days. Uh, that's people don't realize that. Yeah. How hard it is to be in the game, people. Every time you play baseball, people think about how much how much money you make, and 
how famous you are and what this and what that, but they never take the real life. Be honest with you, we never live the real life. That like everybody, and and all you know, I never change my life. I never will. And to me, wow, it's a lot of missing stuff out there. You 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 know, and you go to you hear the speech in everybody in the Hall of Fame speech. They all say the same stuff. You know, thank you to my wife because dealing with my kids. Thank you to my kids to be, you know, me to support. I know I wasn't there for a lot of things. That's it was, you know what I mean? Then I started playing to play and uh, I was a junior uh, born when I was in prayer then I had to say I, I had to to be the, the, the who I am right now. You always had your, your kids around. You you actually had to fire uh, one of your kids. I mean, so you, you kept them around the team. Would you do that any differently <laughs> if you had to do it again? With my kids? Yeah. Nope. They are my kids. They are my blood and that's the only thing I really have uh, everything else uh, is part of life but you know me I think my kids myself my grandkids now my wife we're all together we've been together for, for the good and the bad of life and one thing about it you know me baseball you know everything goes through life it's go by and sometimes you're famous sometimes you don't sometimes they miss you sometimes they don't you know me but Family is gonna be there forever, and I think we have, you know, we watch five now with six. Uh, we're together for everything, and we now we help each other. You know, we we so close to each other. Sometimes, sometimes I worry. About, you know, I mean, something happened to them or something. But in the meanwhile, thank God my wife raised a good kids. Now I don't think they was uh, perfect kids. But I'll be honest with you, any father wish they have kids like mine. I don't have, you know, the headaches I have, it was very small headaches. And the thing I had to worry about it, it wasn't something. By the way, I learned from my kids a lot. And it's a family. As a family, I'm very happy the way we grow up, the way we stick together, the way we worry about each other, day in and day out. Uh, We care about each other. And we, we always be like that. What's one thing uh, that comes to mind that you learn from your kids? I learn from my kids is life is not easy. It's not easy to be out against kids. Yeah. Sometimes that helps to be my kids, sometimes not. And uh, it's always going to compare them with me in baseball or in the field or off the field. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know what I mean? My, my kids, they all went to school. I never went. Uh, their English is a lot better. <laughs> My English is not. Uh, they're going to raise better kids than me because they're prepared for that. They have a good good school. They, they, they see his mother raise them. And I think they, they got a lot of advantage on me. And I think they're going to be in life. They should be better than me. You you weren't going to school as a kid, or you weren't you just weren't getting the, the quality education that your kids got? Big uh, difference. Either way, I, I was lazy. I don't have money, and I went to sixth grade. Wow. Some people don't understand. Wow, a guy with sixth grade went and managed the big league club, working on TV. I speak very broken English, but people understand what I'm saying. I, 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 you know, I mean, my life's been so good with the education and where I come from. It's funny. Life is funny. People, I don't know why they judge me when they don't know me. You know, I mean, I pay my taxes. I never, I never had drink and drive. I never beat my wife. My kid always to school. You know, I in, in the balance in my life, 
you put my life in the balance. My 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 life is so positive, so good. And some people misunderstand or don't like the way I am or what I do or what I say. But um, if you close your eyes and look all my coats and you see my coats and, and you say, like, wow, this is, you know what I mean? I'm, not gonna, I'm just being honest. I don't learn that from my kids too. My kid told me, be honest in this country. People think, oh, just be honest, just be honest. But when you're really honest, you get in trouble. Then, then you don't know exactly, exactly uh, confuse a lot of people. When I get to the, to the, I told my kids, I just be, just be honest. Now I told my kids, just be honest and be careful. So, so because some people like to hear what they want to hear. They don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear what you think. Uh, people disagree with, with your mentality. Sometimes they don't, they say they respect what you think. They don't. It's a different, different life, different way it is right now. It's interesting because you're saying being honest, and you were always a, a player's coach, and you always respected your guys. But sometimes you got to tell them stuff that they don't want to hear. I mean, how did you, I guess, establish that relationship that you could tell a guy perhaps something that he didn't want to hear, but that would, but it would help him. But every time I want to say something to the players, it's like I go to tell my kid. They know I'm not going to lie. They know I'm not going to uh, bullshit them. They know I'm being honest, and whatever I say is going to be the best for him, not the best for me or the organization. And what I'm managing people, uh, they know that. And I'm not just say that just to say it. They know, and I show them. You know, you talk to them. They show you, you show them who you are and what you do, and and you move on. You know what I mean? Just uh, the respect. You have to have a lot of respect for a, for a player. Is a player? No, it's a baseball player. It's a man. And that's why I think uh, I got more friends uh, with my ball club than anything else. I mean, uh, you know, obviously I got people that hate me. I hate them bad. That's nothing wrong with that. I don't like them. They don't like me. That's part of the game. But I think the great percent of the players I manage to, they're good friends of mine. Do you feel, as far as White Sox fans go, Ozzy, do, do, do you feel respected, beloved? I mean, uh, you know, I, it's for, from my vantage point, that that's how they view you. But I'm I'm curious how 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 it feels for you now. Well, when I was player, you know, sometimes players, you know, media and fans, they they don't like you because what you do, you lose a game. When you manage them, they never gonna like you uh, because you you will you they put you in the process. You gonna make a mistake or something happen on the field. People, some people gonna be upset. Some people gonna be sad. Some people will be pissed. Some people gonna be happy. At least you're not winning. At least you know when you're gonna be. You're always gonna be second guess. And I tell you, I mean, right now in Chicago, everybody loves me. Everyone. And I told people say, yeah, because I'm not the manager. The guys love me. I make fun of them. But hey, when you're managing, you gotta have a thick or GM. You gotta have a thick, very thick uh, skin. Is especially in Chicago. It's not. You're not gonna make it. You're not gonna make it. You know, I mean, Chicago is very. I don't say tough. Very, they 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 push you to the to the limit to be better. And the one reason I want to be better is to show people how good I was or how good I am. And that's why that they, you know, I me. Mean, I love to be being pushing every day and being guessing me every day and ask questions every day, just because I. And when you negativity, it made me better. I that to to be better every day. You know, what I mean, when I when I signed professional baseball. I was 120 pounds. Nobody saw I was going to make it to the big league. I played so many years in the big league. When I was coaching, 
oh, he coached me because the Marlins is a bad team. And then whatever, we win the championship. When I'm managing, this is a PR department, this is marketing. We went to the World Series Hub. I think I think I got a great success as a manager. When I got married, I will get divorced in two weeks. I still marry. You know what I mean? When I had kids, so the kids would be the dumbers and they will do whatever they want because his father is crazy. I got my kids all went to school, very good life. Then, you know what I mean? I like to prove people wrong. I like I love to prove uh, uh, prove people they 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 wrong what they think about me. It's a it's a beautiful thing. It's it sounds like you had to learn that over time, Ozzy. Like it had to it, you know coming into the big leagues, maybe it, things didn't bounce off you as well as it did by the time you were you're managing. I, is is that fair? Well, you know what? Yes, you know, especially where you come from. I come from I mean, out of nowhere and learn English. You come to a different country, come to different law, uh, law, different thing in your life, and change your life completely to survive in different country. It's not easy. You know, the biggest compliment I got in the last couple of years, man, I went to Hall of Fame to see Harold Baines. And every player, I say hi, they hug me. Every player, even the big unit. I thought big unit <laughs> hated me when we play against each other. And he hugged me and said, when you going to come back in the game? When you going to come back in the game? Wade Box, you know, Gene Rice. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. Oh, well, I'm not no cheaper than models of Gavin that played with him. But, you know what I mean, guys like I play against them, they ask me, you need, we need you in the game, they need the game, they need you. Then I was 25, but in the meanwhile, I almost started crying because I was going to feel like, God, see, these people know the game, they want me back. Why do people, you know, the people have the power, they don't. And, you know, I mean, Danny Eskley, even, you know, I mean, last night, yesterday, I see Jim Leland. Jim Leland, so Jim Leland here in New York, the first question he asked me, when you going to go back in the game? I said, well, my door is open. Then... I don't know their stories. The, the people's stories, they are open yet. For you to go back, would you have to manage or would you take a coaching job? Uh, it depends. It depends. Uh, coaching job has to be in Chicago. Okay. I don't say it had to be. It better be in Chicago because my family, all my family is there. You know what I mean? Coaching is not easy. Uh, coaching is a very demanding job. Not because I'm better than the other coaches. I did it. I never, I never feel that way because I there's a lot of coaches out there. They, they're awesome. But, uh, you know what I mean, it's just a lot of work. And sometimes when the thing don't work the right way, it's coach's fault. It's never the player's fault. Never. It never will. I play the game. And I can't say that because I play the game. I can't I don't say that because I finished my career as a manager. No, I play the game. When the players don't play good, the manager gets fired. When the players don't hit good, the team coach gets fired. Well, some places, some other places don't. But when the, 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 the pitch is not good, you know what I mean? They don't fire the, the players. They fire the, the guys they work with them. And that's the way it was. That's the way it is. And that's the way it's going to be. As if you ain't know how to change that. Believe me. I'm just thinking back to when Ozzy, uh, when Ozzy, I'm sorry, when, when, when Jerry and Kenny hired you, they, they knew that if they're hiring Ozzy, he's going to stay, say stuff. And they might... Not like it at that moment, but they're, you're getting the whole package. It's part of you. It's why you're so good at your job. But maybe it's holding you back. I guess other people are, well, we can't take that on. We can't handle them. I, I don't get that, but do you think that's the main thing that's in front of you? Because, hey, look, you, you won a World Series here. You, the players loved you. The only thing that I could think that's in your way is people like, well, I, I don't think our organization can handle Ozzy. Well, that was in the past. I'm, I'm, I'm different Ozzy now. And i got to say... You know I me, mean? I'm changing on the field, but I know how the thing works now. 
You know, before I was what forty something years old, right? Managing a group of guys, come managing the team. A really, a really, a really pretty tough organization, pretty tough city. We we the fans hungry to win, and and it's you not know, what easy for me. I was managing. Look at the team I was managing. Very controversial player, very tough guys. Now then, it's up to me. It's managing is easier now. Managing is so easy now. You just you just got to do that easy on the field. It's always been like that. But off the field, you know, what I mean, you listen to the people. You you go with the with the flow, and you want to say what you like, what you not. Before it was back and forth, back and forth from office manager, manager from office, from office player manager. You know, what I mean? it was like that. Now it's a different game. Now it's a different game. Well, a lot of these organizations now, Ozzy, it seems like. They have all the numbers, and they say, look, the lineup tonight should be this because this guy hits this against a lefty, and this guy's great in these wind conditions or whatever data they have. I mean, would you sign up to be on board where, like, you're getting the lineup from the front office? To me, like, if I'm a manager, I wouldn't want that, but it seems like that's going on in the game all over the place. Well, you know me, I don't know because I never never did it before. I think Kenny Williams... I had no respect and Jerry and I think the one of the biggest throwing out with the Marlins was kind of there because then we don't have the numbers on it. Numbers have been numbers for a long time. If you talk about numbers, why Joey Cora no manager in the big league? What's the reason? He's the best prepared coach in baseball and he don't have a job in managing. His brother does. But he just, if you give me a good numbers, I think we go, I will listen. Yes, I will listen. I will agree. Yes, I will agree. I will disagree. Yes, I will disagree. But it's not fair. It's not fair that you give me a, you give me a lineup and a plan. Then when you lose, you're gonna blame me. <laughs> that that makes that, that, that makes sense. That's not fair right. because if I go to the job. So listen, I'm gonna be managing, but the lineup be made by somebody. But when you gonna to talk to me about the lineup or about the team, you better talk to the guy who make the lineup. That's to me. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, let, let's talk about this White Sox team before you you got to get on out of here. What's the, what's been the biggest surprise for you this year? Is it, is it Giolito? Is it the way Moncada has uh, taken to third base and and he's he's risen up? What what's been the most pleasant surprise for you? McCain. Wow. McCain because McCain he signed with the White Sox yet to be a backup catcher. Hopefully, he can be a backup catcher. Hopefully. And all the sudden, this kid, little by little, little by little, start sneaking in the lineups, sneaking the lineup, look at look, look at what he was or what he is right now. You talk about Moncada. We expect that from Moncada. We expect that from Moncada. Saying Moncada was out of Cuba. Jolito, we expect that from Jolito because Jolito was a first round pick, and Jolito to me got one of the best stuff in the game. Uh, you know, Anderson, he should be better. I don't think he's, he's, he, picked, he got the pick yet to be what he is. But then to me, definitely, it's no doubt in my mind, McCann is, is just he's just doing what he did. And that's the biggest surprise and great surprise for the White Sox. Can you imagine White Sox where McCann? Oh, my God. Disaster. They don't have a catcher. And to me, catchers is one of the more important things in the game. So you think he deserves a, a ton of credit? For not just uh, handling, you know, whatever how he's doing at the plate, but also the way he's helped Giolito transform himself. Well, I think Giolito transformed himself. Okay. McKenny was behind the plane calling. What? 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 Well, we got to give McKenny a credit for Giolito. How about uh, give 
credit to all the rest of the pitching staff is not good. Yeah. You know, you know, if, if this guy is good with one guy, what happened with the next 14, 15 guys? You know what I mean? That's what we put him, him a credit for that. That, you know what I mean? Think about it, what happened to the rest of the, you know, if, if, if the pitching staff was 3.1 year in, oh, wow, wow. Out of all my camp, almost six, seven, six. Yeah. It's interesting that you you think that Tim can be better. Where, where do you see uh, the next level for Tim Anderson? I worry about his injury a lot because I don't know how he's going to come back. He's a tremendous athlete. He want to be good. He show people he want to be the best of the game in that position. To me, that's enough. He trying. Uh, he's a great offensively player. This defensively got a little bit better. A little bit, guys, not a lot, like we're saying. Wow, look at this, look at that. No. He's getting better. Comparing from last year, 1,000% better. But he needs a long way to go. But I think to me, it's going to be good, pretty good, excited player to see because this kid's a great athlete. Uh, he sometimes he do something I'm not great or I don't like. But just because I don't like it, you know how to do it or you know how to deal with it. Do you like the way he's uh, showing enthusiasm for the game? The one thing is enthusiasm. One thing is to be uh, I'll respect the game. And sometimes this is the new era, the new way to play the game. I grew up different era. Sometimes do stuff like I put in the play, like well, if that play against me or play with me in my time, this will be happy. But now, nowadays, that thing is cool, and I have to respect that. Yeah. Hey, I, I talked to, to Hawk last week, Ozzy. And uh, he wants the, the PED guys in the Hall of Fame, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Sammy. Uh, that's, uh, who we were, that's where the conversation started because he got traded for Harold. How do you feel about that? Uh, very tough. If I was, uh, if I was saying, they, you know, I think the numbers out there, they're playing in the era. A lot of people was on it. And, you know I mean? Numbers are numbers. Well, why, why people are, is, is, is in there either? I mean, I don't know if they should be there or not. That's uh, that's a very sensitive subject for players and Hall of Famers, and it's, it's hard for me to to say yes or no because I'm not part of that. But in that era, everybody, you know, a lot of people was on it. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but sooner or later, next five, seven, ten years, Hall of Fame going to have people there like. I win 215 games in Hall of Fame, and all the song all time ago. Say, wait a minute, I, I win 260 games. I'm not in. Oh, I, I got the guy hit you know me so many home runs, 250 home runs in Hall of Fame. Some guy hit 300 home runs. They're not in Hall of Fame. So many. It's going to be hard for the next 10 years, 10, 20 years for the Hall of Fame to pick players. What was it like for you seeing Harold go in? Best thing in in, in my particular life. I mean, it was outstanding. It was. So proud, my one the guys I consider one of my best friends in the game. Be there, nothing better than that. Nothing, nothing at all better than that to see one of your best friends have success in his life. How did you get to know Harold when he doesn't speak or, <laughs> or speak so little? I, I do, I do it for him. <laughs> that's all you need. I do it for him, and you check his head, and uh, uh, that's why that's why me and him we get along with very well. Okay. Has Ronaldo Lopez turned the corner as we wrap up here? Lopez, he's stepping up the way I thought he was going to step it up last three games. 
Uh, Tony Connor, I think Lopez come from be a thrower to be a pitcher. To be a pitcher doesn't work. Now it starts it start throw the ball better now. Yeah. All right, la- last one. La- it was uh, the 10th anniversary for Mark Burley's no-hitter. And I, a story's coming out where you're in the dugout and you decide to put Dwayne Wise in and Joey Cora's telling you, no, this dude's got a, uh, a perfect game going. Can you, can you relay that story, Ozzy? Well, no, you don't mean, you know, first of all, I'm not getting paid to uh, Mark Burley throw a perfect game. I'm getting paid to win games. And, and the reason I put people on the field is just because I got the best guys on the field to 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 win games. And, uh, you know, I don't realize to, to that happen, and all of a sudden, uh, that happened, and I'm, I'm glad, but, you know I mean? I put ways there because it's hard to be on the field for that. Not for that moment, just to make the play. Then, uh, you know I mean? My job, my job is to put, put the other guy to win game, not to, to, to catch for a perfect game. So Joey thought you were wrong, though. Excuse me? Jo- Joey thought you were wrong. He thought you were nuts. What are you doing, Skip? They always do. No, no, people, people always second guess me as a manager. The bad thing about it, I was a great manager. I've always said it. I don't, I, and maybe you won't give yourself the credit, but the 05 White Sox, I don't think they win the World Series without you, Ozzy Gein. Would you agree? Nope. Nope. You wouldn't. Nope. I helped. Yes, I helped. Yes. I think we don't win the World Series with everything come. From all the way from the front office to the owners, all the way down to the last player to help us, organization. And, you know, I mean, that's, that's uh, I'm not going to take any credit because I didn't pay to win. I think I did a good thing, a bad thing to, to get there. But the one guy to feel more proud to win the World Series, it was me. Do you, do you have any favorite memorabilia from that that you, you look at every now and then? You know the only good memory I have? I collect a bunch of friends in my life. Mm. That's it. I collect a lot of great, great, great people in my life, a bunch of friends, and I give Jerry Rice or something. He might, he might get it only once. <laughs> okay. Uh, one of one of those friends is your. I'm assuming is your wife. You, do, is your, Do you really have a tattoo? In Japanese, of your wife on your on your shoulder, that just in case if she leaves you, that you can say say it's not exactly her name. Is that correct? That's my first tattoo I ever have. <laughs> you know what I mean. And the last tattoo I have is a print on my foot, the foot of my granddaughter. But oh. I did a Japanese uh, Japanese letter because just in case you get divorced, I can do something now. <laughs> and besides that, I love Japanese uh, culture. Yeah. Ozzy, great to talk to you. I, uh, I I hope you get another chance to manage. It'd be, be, I hope so too. We're waiting. Yeah, well, baseball be better for it, and 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 you deserve it. Thanks so much for the time, my Thank friend. You. From one competitive man to another, it's the first time ever on On the Mark that a competitive eater has made an appearance. And yes, we go to the top of the food chain, if you will, Joey Chestnut. He's working with Hooters, and he's on On The Mark. This is On The Mark, and we are privileged to be talking to a legend as uh, he is living the dream, traveling the world, and just defeating foes left and right. Joey Chestnut, 
the ultimate competitive eater, is with us here today. And uh, I think you just took down about 7,000 chicken wings. Uh, you're working with Hooters right now. Is that right? Can, can I get an update on what's going on over there? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, on Monday, it's National Chicken Wing Day, and I'm going to be uh, eating Hooters chicken wings for 12 hours. It's uh, be chicken wings and beer, and uh, people are going to have a chance to guess how many chicken wings I'm going to eat. And uh, if they guess right, they have a chance of winning uh, wings for free wings for a year. So that's not exactly competitive eating, right? It's just uh, you know a 12-hour process. You kind of pace yourself. Is that? Am I hearing that right? I'll be honest. I've never done anything like this before. Uh, so it's uh, it. it I'm excited because I love chicken wings, but I'm a little bit nervous because I'll be 12 hours eating. It sounds almost dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> for me, so I'm gonna have to pace myself. I've never, I've never uh, had to pace myself for 12 hours before. So it's gonna be different. I don't know when the last time I did anything for 12 hours straight <laughs> is that. I mean, that seems like longer than you should do anything for. But I, I, you know, Joey. First of all, I just I, you're you're the legend. You're goat. Um, I, 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 I had this tweet um, on July 4th. Uh, I said Babe Ruth, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, Joey Chestnut. Um, how does it feel to be in that in that same breath? Because you oh, really man, are it's ridiculous. <laughs> it, it, it's it's crazy, uh, but it, but it's it, it's fine. It, it, I'm lighthearted about it. It wasn't like I uh, all those other guys, Babe Ruth and Wayne Gretzky. They 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 knew that's what they were going to do when they were young. I was I didn't grow up wanting to be a competitive eater. I was doing everything right, getting my engineering degree and. And then uh, I fell into this, and I, I love it. And I just and I started beating the heck out of people, and I just like you said, living the dream. I travel around, eating contests. I think tomorrow, tomorrow I'm eating ribs in Minneapolis, and then you know, I'm heading out to Atlanta to eat chicken wings uh, on Monday. Uh, so it, for Hooters, and it, 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 that's it's like the world's on crazy pills. And I'm just I'm just uh, I'm living it. I'm just having fun. So hold on a second. For for people who are just listening to Joey Chestnut for the first time on On the Mark, you're saying that you just fell into this. Can you sort of explain how that all came about? Oh, it's uh, I uh, so I'd eat. I, I grew up in a big family, and I'd uh, we were all big eaters. And my little brother knew I could uh, eat more than anybody else in the family, and and it just got even more obvious when I was in college because I would uh, I would eat healthy during the week, and then on weekends I would go home to my parents' house and just eat like a madman. Like it was reward days, and uh, my little brother was like Joey, you have to. I'm gonna sign you up for the for a contest, and uh, you can beat that Japanese guy. And uh, I was like, I probably could, but I thought it was too weird. And then uh, I, I finally did one contest, and just I was like, oh my god, I love it. And then and that was the goal, beat Kobayashi. And then once I started beating him, it was like, oh my god, this is I make it. I started get fan mail, and the whole thing was crazy, and it, it worked. It uh, snowballed into this crazy thing. Do you feel sick afterwards? I don't say not very rarely feel sick. I, I feel bloated. Uh, I'm gassy. There's a there's a there's a ton of feeling. There are times where I, where I feel sick, and that's usually if it's uh, not digesting. If I'm if I'm dehydrated. But you never go out for a, sorry. You never go out for like a run afterwards or anything like that. No, no, dude. I'm like <laughs> I am beat. I, I'm like I'm drunk on food. And then I'm bloated, and, and like afterwards, my interviews are like ten times worse than they are now. So it's a, uh, it's, it's it's hilarious how, how just out of it I am, and I'm I'm in a lethargic state for like a day, and uh, and then I'm getting better as soon as I can start eating. I'm trying to eat this super high fiber greens and lettuce, and, and uh, just get, try to get them keep things going. I don't want to get too uncomfortable here, and I don't know what's out of bounds, but I mean, how many times after these contests are do you find yourself throwing up? Oh, very, very. When I was younger, I get sick more often. 
uh, now, now that I know my body, I know the whole prep. The, the biggest thing is, is prepping beforehand, making sure that I fast beforehand. That makes it super easy. Make sure I'm empty and makes a clean highway to digest the food. So it's like the last time I got sick. Oh my god, it was probably two years ago uh, at a weird taco eating contest. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. So it's been it's been a while. How long does the fast for you? Fast depends. It depends on the contest. Uh, this this contest right now is uh, going to be a day and a half, and then it'll be like almost two days. So two days recover before the. Uh, for the wing contest, so the wing challenge. So it's uh, two days is usually enough to make sure I'm absolutely empty and uh, and ready and loose. What what other types of preparation are you doing? I mean, obviously before the hot dog eating contest, that's the big one on July fourth. How do you prep for that in terms of? Pra- I mean, you have to practice to see how many you can do. Um, I've yeah, you know so that, I may have been on YouTube a couple of times and checked out some of your practice videos, you know, just to see what the champs yeah, do. So I, so I do practice, like I have full-on practices, and it's pretty much a practice contest. Then it's recovery, and it takes a couple of days of recovery. Then then I get, usually get one day of normal eating, and I go back into fasting. So I, I can do a practice every if I'm if I'm recovering really fast every fifth day, but usually it takes six days every every sixth day. I can I can do a practice, and then every practice I videotape it and I try to figure out when I'm slowing down, why I'm slowing down, which muscles are getting tired, and I try to practice not eating as fast as I can in the beginning because when I eat as fast as I can, then I start slowing down faster at the end. So I, uh, I, I, I just find that perfect pace so all those muscles can keep moving the food down the entire 10 minutes. Wow. This is Joey Chestnut with us here on On the Mark. This amazing conversation. Uh, at least it is to me. Sure, it's a legendary. Hope you, hope you all are enjoying as much as we are. Uh, so you, I'm, I'm just trying to, to picture this. You get ten grand for the Nathan's contest, right? I mean, I feel like you should be rich for doing this, Joey. Are you getting paid what you think is the requisite value for oh. everything you put into oh, it? Dude. Oh, don't worry about me. I, uh, I, I, have, I have, have a pretty good deal with Nathan's. Uh, we have a long-term uh, agreement with the uh, endorsement deal, so they, they made me. They're going to be paying me for years, which is awesome. And uh, they are. It, 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 they're the best hot dog there is. Um, and like I, I, I get, I get work with uh, other companies like Hooters. And, so I, uh, I, the whole thing is getting paid to eat. Is I, I, uh, I feel guilty sometimes how much I get paid to eat, but it's, uh, I love it. And I, and I, and I, but I put it out there. You can see I, anybody who watches knows that I'm working my butt off, and, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm working to kick, kick the, yeah, beat the heck out of the competition. What would you, what would you say to all of those young, aspiring professional food uh, eaters out there? Uh, you know, if they're trying to, if they're trying to chase down the goat. Uh, what, what would you say to them? Oh, Give them some advice. I'd say, well, I'd say good luck. Uh, <laughs> one, I love but, the uh, attitude. It, 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 it's just, it's just uh, figure out your body. And, and for years, I kept a food diary or a journal of everything I was eating and how I was feeling, and every, my energy level. And sometimes I, I figured out that like I don't have to feel good in order to eat really well. And it's just it's these weird things you learn about your body and knowing that when you're empty, you say, sometimes I fast too long and then it, it, things don't want to stretch. So it's a, uh, it's just I, I say it's not just eating like this every day. You have to practice. I love. I I go practice. I practice without without eating because I think the feeling of full and the feeling of hunger, they go hand in hand. So if you can ignore the feeling of hunger, you can ignore the feeling of full. So it's a uh, it's a lot of just just mind and body manipulation and uh, making your body work for you in ways you never had. And I, one of one of these days, somebody's going to come and beat the heck out of me or. 
one time and I'm going to have to get better and maybe they're going to beat me again. But if they, if they do, uh, good. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to some competition sometime. Well, along with like beating somebody up, I mean, you came along and kicked Kobayashi's ass. I mean, what's that relationship like after you, you know, he can't like you too much or is that, I guess maybe he just respects you so much that you guys are friendly. Well, how would you say it is? Uh, he hates me. <laughs> <laughs> he blocked me on every social media and, uh, he won't, Dude, he's he's just wow. he's crazy. The poor guy. He uh, he put too much in. He thought he was he thought he was unbeatable, and uh, and uh, it, it, he didn't handle losing very well. And so he showed me how not to lose. So when uh, when somebody comes and beats me, I'll I'll, I'll deal with a lot more grace, and uh, I'll handle it with a lot more grace than he did. So I I should know that, but I don't because I which is a poor job by, on, on my prep here, Joey. But so you're telling me that you come along, you beat this guy. And I've seen some videos where it's it's kind of like joking around, but this is real. Kobayashi literally blocked you everywhere, and and you guys are never going to have dinner. That just doesn't seem right. I mean, you guys should it, it, it should it, be like Magic it's and Bird, weird, man. And it's, it's like it's sad because like like he's one of the reasons why I got involved in it. And uh, yeah, it's a bummer. And uh, but it, that's life. Not everybody, it, it, you know, it, it actually made it sweeter beating him. There there are friends, uh, and being I have some good friends. But uh, it's not. There's nothing better than beating somebody who, uh, who is a jerk. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it is what it is. So to me, it sounds like we have a little Jordan Lebron situation going on. <laughs> I put you in the Jordan camp because obviously you're just you're a champion. Um, and so that would they would make him Lebron. Do you think that's kind of an accurate uh, analogy there? I don't know. It, it, it's the Jordan Lebron thing's weird because it's so uh, it, it's it's hard to really. Uh, they never competed against each other. So, but I competed against Kobayashi, and I beat him. And I, I, I've beaten every record he has, I think. So right. it's, uh, it, 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 I mean, he'd be, he, I think, I mean, yeah, he, he'd be, I don't know, I've eclipsed him. Yeah, the, what, what I'm putting in, in a Jordan term to me, it's almost like Bulls Pistons. The Bulls, you know, he, oh. you know, the, the Pistons walked off the court and didn't conduct themselves in a professional manner. That's basically what Kobayashi has done here. So Kobayashi is Bill Lambert. He's Dennis Rodman. He's Isaiah Thomas. He's those guys, and you are Jordan. Yeah, keep it a little bit classy. Just uh, <laughs> no, but I, it, it, and keep it fun. It's competitive eating. And I think any, anybody, any sport, I think you just got to keep it fun and. uh Dude, it's it's eating, and uh, on the Fourth of July, in front of uh, dude, that's that's the best contest of the year, and I, I love it. And uh, yeah, I look forward to competition on that one. He, I'm it's sad that he doesn't want competition. Is that your favorite thing to eat the hot dog? Because you've done pizza, you've done mac and cheese. I think your first contest ever was a fried asparagus. I mean, you've basically knocked on anything. You've you've crushed cheeseburgers. You've done a wonton. I mean, there's <laughs> nothing that you haven't taken on. Do you do you actually enjoy eating? And I know you're well. You're a partner with Nathan, so it's good. This is this is a little dicey here. So, but would would you say that you can your, tell us? We won't tell anyone yeah, if I you mean, say anything bad about Nathan. Like, yeah, I'll keep, we'll keep it secret. But honestly, I I still have hot dogs in my refrigerator, and I uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to going to a baseball game and having some hot dogs and a couple of beers. And but when you I'm do that, you you it. put some stuff on the hot dog though. You put in some ketchup mustard yeah, yeah. situation. I, oh okay. my god! So in the you see me in the contest, I dip into buns and water, right? And it sucks. <laughs> oh my god! Because I I love a good hot dog, and then I, I had to train myself to see it not as a it's no no longer a bun. It's mm-hmm. just it's a sip of water that looks like a bun, and I have to just I had to train myself to get over that stupid soggy bun. 
Uh, and uh, so it was. It took a while, but um, I got. I got. I figured it out. And so, yeah, so I, I I never eat a hot dog like that. So, uh, away from the contest. <laughs> so so you don't actually even taste the hot dog when you're doing the contest. Is that accurate? Oh my god! Of course I taste it. That's like saying a race car driver can't really tell what the road is like when they're when they're driving fast. Yeah, Carmen's an idiot. Don't listen to it. Don't listen well, to his I, questions. I feel like he just <laughs> opens his mouth and it goes right down. If there's a, well, if there's a flavor in there, it, it's hitting all those bucket, all those things faster and harder. So, and, and if there's if there's a flavor that I don't like, it's going to hit me again and again and again. Um, and if there's a flavor I do like, you can see it in the beginning of the contest. I'm just a fat guy having fun. And then at the end of the contest, if, if there's if there's something I don't like, you, you can you can see it. It's a lot more work. And the hot dogs, I, they, I am I am super lucky. They, they're all beef hot dogs is, is really hard to beat. But that, that dang bun, that, that's the roughest part. The roughest part. This is uh, yeah. Joey Chestnut with us here on the mark. Go ahead. Uh, how long do you plan on doing this for, Joey? Oh my god! Until the wheels fall off. It's uh, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm healthy right now. I just went to the doctor to get my blood work done, and she's uh, she's pretty happy. And she's uh, encouraging, so and she says you you keep going, Joe. You keep you keep breaking she's records. Saying, she's saying it's uh, whatever I'm doing. It's not hurting me too bad. It's better than getting hit in the head. So it's <laughs> hey, no, there's a lot not, to be said for that. How? Yeah, but uh, it, it's uh, yeah, she, she's uh, I'm I'm and I'm still having fun, so I'm gonna keep doing it and. Uh, it's hard. It's hard. The traveling's hard. The the recovery's hard. The prep. So, but it, it, it's um, and, I, and, and like that whole cycle that takes six days now. I remember when I was younger, I could I could recover and do a practice every third or fourth day. Because I just get back down to my target weight faster. Now, now it takes a lot longer to get down lose to lose the weight I'm putting off in the contest. It's a, uh, and it, yeah. I, I just have to keep paying attention to my body and uh, yeah. See where, where it takes me. And how old are you now? I am thirty-five. Thirty-five. You're probably that's prime of your life here. All right. I'm in the prime. Yeah, I, I really know my body, and it's, uh, I'm living the dream. All right, I don't want to get too personal here, but I got to ask about something because I was I'm, I'm going through your Wikipedia today, Joey. Ooh, what do we got? What do we got? Well, well, we got we got a proposal to your longtime girlfriend. This is back in. Uh, <laughs> Just before you defended your 2014 title, then you guys split up before the wedding in 2015, and then you lost to Matt Stoney in 2015. So I'm wondering, you know, was that an emotional time for you, and it impacted your ability to be the champion that you are? It's uh, I lost. I was. It, it, I mean, yeah, it, it made training a little bit difficult, but uh, no excuses. I lost because I didn't eat enough to win. And uh, Matt ate more than me, so he he earned that one. And it's uh, exactly what a true champion says, Joey. I just want you to know that. Yeah. So, it, it, so everybody has things going on in their life, and they just gotta, uh, yeah, like, it, either compete and uh, just do your best that day. And uh, I, I, I honestly, I thought I was gonna be able to pull that one out too. It was, it was a, oh man, that, that still gets me. But uh, then I went back to the drawing board, and then I came back and I hit a new number that I'd never hit before. And, and I kept getting bigger and bigger, so it's a or higher numbers. So it's a. I hate to say that that good things come out of the loss, but or I never will never say I was happy I lost, but uh, some good things came out. I really went back and started figuring out my body even better, and my jaw strength and my throat, and I can really, dude, I'm so much faster than I was before that loss. So it, 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 good things came out of it. 
It's exactly what Ethan just said. I mean, it's not how many times you fall down; it's how quickly you get back up. It's it's you do. People lose all the time. I mean, Michael Jordan. I've shot. I've, I've missed seven thousand game-winning shots, and that's why I succeed. It's the same thing you're hearing from Joey Chestnut right now. Uh, all right, you, you love the hot dogs. Which was the toughest of the the wonton, the ginormous iguana burrito, the mac and cheese, the forty-five slices of pizza. The, 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 the 78 matzo balls at Kenny and Ziggy's, which is a great place down in Houston. I used to work in Houston. I respect Kenny and Ziggy's greatly uh, as a Jewish guy. And the uh, you got the wing bowl. Which, which of these would you say is by far or at least, you know what, that was the toughest one to deal with? Oh, man. There's, there, are, there are some that were disappointing because the food just wasn't up to par. Uh, like, like the macaroni and cheese. I think I only did 11 pounds. And it, I got out there. It was, uh, it was a lacrosse thing. And the uh, the mac and cheese was just like cold, and it was like it was just, it was it was garbage, and uh, it was it was disappointing, and it was it was it was rough, and it, it's hard really hard to eat food that you don't like, and uh, that that was a bummer. But Especially I was totally 11, do pounds. eleven pounds of it. <laughs> yeah, Unreal. another one that was it was weird. It was a uh, hard boiled egg. They did one hundred forty one hard boiled egg, and uh, <laughs> it it was I, I, at first I felt terrible. And, and 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 then then I started recovering. It recovered really quickly. And then then but then I started smelling like sulfur. It was it was it was so bad. Like I I started sweating and I was like, oh my god, this is I don't know if it's safe. It was a it was, the smell was ridiculous. Yeah, I think that would be my least favorite is to do the hard boiled eggs. I'm just guessing. I, I don't know if I could do that. I, I love eggs. I could I eat eggs. Go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. Yeah, my grand, well, I, I grew up on watching Cool Hand Luke. So it was uh my it was like. What I used to watch my grandpa and Cool Hand Luke do fifty. Uh, yeah, great movie. Good one, Joey. What's uh? All right, hold on a second here. Let's just rem- remind everybody that you're going to be taking part in National Ching Wing Chicken Wing Day. So, uh, twelve straight hours of of eating wings, and uh, I I think there should be a movie made here, man. Does anybody come to you with that? Oh yeah, Steven Spielberg. Oh, yeah, he's been talking to me all the time. No, there's. I don't think there's a, mo- a movie. Uh, it, it, it's it'd be a weird movie. No, it'd be a great movie. <laughs> are your parents proud of you? My parents. Oh, they're super proud. My parents are. Uh, they're they're hippies. They're, my dad's a music teacher. And my mom's just an awesome woman, and uh, she's. Uh, they as long as I'm happy and healthy, they uh, they're on my side. And they're a little bit bummed out. I'm not using a civil engineering degree, but I. Uh, <laughs> Because uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm a little bit bummed out because I worked my butt off for that degree, but uh, new to I'm, not, I'm just yeah, it, it's just uh, I'm having too much fun. I uh, I agree with Carm. I do think that this is everything about your life is worth a movie. And when they do inev- inevitably make this movie about you, would you want to play yourself, or do you have an actor in mind that could play you? Oh my god! You can keep in mind I, that I do I, dabble I, in I, some acting. I wouldn't. I wouldn't play myself. I think maybe like a Woody Harrelson. Could okay. Play me. Okay, we'll, uh, we'll put out maybe, some notes. Maybe, so, yeah, something like that. I like he's, it. Uh, he's pretty cool. You get Tom Hanks in there. I mean, he's doing Mr. Rogers coming up here. That's kind of a that's a big move by Tom. Uh, Joey, great to talk to you, man. Uh, kind of normalizes the whole experience that you do just hearing your voice on here. So that was it was it was awesome to connect and uh, good luck with with Hooters. I, I know they're fired up. Hashtag Chestnut Challenge. Guess how many wings he'll eat. Uh, you want to give us an insight here? Do you have a number you're shooting for? Oh my god! I would I would want to do like three fifty. Uh, it's over the whole twelve hours though, and I I, I don't know. I could I might go. Who knows? I I'd, I'd be surprised if I didn't hit at least three hundred. 
I wouldn't be surprised if I got close to five. If you we'll go three fifty, we'll I'm going with the over, man. No doubt about it. We'll see. It, it depends how it. So, so they're gonna have like the Miss Hooters International there, and she'll be giving me beers and asking me questions while I'm eating. Mm. So it depends how many beers I have to drink mm. and doing mm-hmm. the thing. Mm. That's a whole other animal yeah. right there. Enjoy that. Good luck. Joey, thank you so yeah, much. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. And I just want to let you know that um, I, I want to have grandchildren one day just so I can tell them that I once spoke with the legend that is Joey Chestnut. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, oh, thank you. It's been fun. It is time to discuss what we have not discussed on On the Mark. And this happened a little bit ago, so it's not new news. But it's big news, and the Bears did open up training camp this week. So did all other NFL football teams. But before the Bears got to training camp, their head coach was at Wrigley Field, and he was singing the seventh-inning stretch. Ethan Blumenthal's here. Hi, Ethan. What's up, Mark? Should we play the stretch right now? Is that a good way to start this? I think we have to, uh, and I think, I mean, if you haven't heard it, it just it's, it's, even if you have, it's good to hear it again. All right, hang on a second. We're going to play the stretch right now. Head coach Matt Nicky. Cubs fans, everybody, all the Cubs fans, y'all ready? Bears fans, you ready? Gary, you ready? And a one, a two, a three. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd Buy me some penis and cracker jack I don't care if I never get back for it's root, root, root for the crowd If we don't win it's a shame For it's one, two, three strikes around at the So there was the stretch, and I don't know if you heard it. We can slow it down. Here's the here's the the key phrase. Buy me some penis and cracker jack. And then here's the one word. Penis. One more time. Penis. And one more time. Penis. What do we think? I mean, I don't even think there's a question. I don't know if there's a debate. You remember that? Remember that debate uh, with like the dress? Like, what color dress do you see? You know, there was like the blue dress or the gold dress. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I, Whatever. I, 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 well, there was like this massive internet debate, but this is no question about it. He, the man said penis. He said it. I've heard it now a million times over. He said penis. I mean, you just can't, you can't. And once you hear penis, you also, you can't unhear penis. That's very true. And I did, you know, I did some radio shows on this, or I did one particular radio show on this. Not the whole show, for the record. Just yeah. a half-hour segment of solid penis talk. You do you, man. Right. And I did not say penis on the radio. I feel like I can say it on the podcast, but on the radio, it just felt like just wrong. It kind of feels good to let it out and just, it, just it, say it. it say it, penis. It, it is always good to, to let it out. No question about it. But penis. I was a thousand percent at that point convinced it was penis. Penis. But now I do kind of think he might have had an, a T in there with the peanuts, the East Coast thing. But let's just say, for argument's sake, mm-hmm. that he 100% said penis. Right. He clearly wasn't drunk. 
Absolutely. Was there a dare? What's you have a theory? Yeah. On this? So I was just going to say the question isn't did he say it or not. The question is why did he do it? And so I think there's a couple scenarios here. So one I'll throw at you is definitely that you know a friend said, "Hey man, you're doing the same thing stretch." Maybe I'll shoot you a quick, you know, five bills. Maybe you say penis instead of peanuts. So if that dude had a bet with one of his dudes that he won't say penis, the next thing you know he says penis and he right. made money? And it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was really about the money. I would say it's about he just, just wanted like, to... he was just a friend like, hey, you know, if I was doing it and my friend was like, dude, I bet you won't say penis, man. You won't do it. You won't. And then I said, like, okay. And then I just, I said it and then everyone's there laughing and, you know, do anything for a laugh. So a rich Matt Nagy fan, which by the way, I think it's what's, what's underrated in this whole scenario. Mm-hmm. is how well the Cubs PA guy said his name because everybody else has Matt Nagy right. spelled N-A-G-Y but it's pronounced Nagy and if you listen to it I'll play it again mm-hmm. right no, here yeah he, he does an excellent job I agree Matt Nagy yeah. the guy's good he's a pro yeah he's that, a pro. that guy's straight pro he whoever the who's the Cubs PA and I forget his name he's yeah. outstanding young I would, man I would know him if I know the name if I heard it uh, but he would never do something as unprofessional like say penis instead of peanuts he wouldn't and and Gary Presti the Lowry organ would never play something like the penis talk I don't know if is that a song mm-hmm. probably not right the the option B I would say yeah uh, for for this is that it's, assuming it was not a bet and my bet is on a bet but option B is that we have a Freudian slip going on here for whatever reason penis was on the top of his mind and as he was saying peanuts it said he just he was thinking about penis and it just it came out sometimes you know he he, he is in a locker room with guys that. Uh... Might have some very large penis. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to go there. Um, I, I, let's just but, let's just call it as it is. These people are, you know, all men were not created equal. NFL football players are just bigger men. That's and, true. And sometimes that does result in bigger things. So that's on his, so that's on Nagy's mind then. So I don't know. Any time that we see him maybe have a have a lapse in concentration over the season, calls a, a you know poorly timed play or something like that, we can blame it on the fact that his mind is in the gutter, specifically thinking about penis. It's. I mean, that's. Very very uncomfortable for me and for Bears fans, but I suppose it is possible. We'll see. Uh, let's. Um, I do. Did you ever play the penis game? Like as a as a kid, do you know what that is? I don't know the penis game. Okay, so the penis game. I mean, this is how. Is this gonna make call me call the penis game? No, it's not. I don't think so. Uh, so the penis game was a classic thing we played like in high school, like in the cafeteria, maybe or on the train. There's a great places to play it. And basically, you just say the word penis and you start at a really low volume, and then you have to say it a little bit louder than uh. I do, and then I say it a little louder, and then you get to it's like a chicken. It's like ch- playing chicken with saying the word penis. And so you're sitting in the cafeteria or you're in class even. That was bold if you're doing it in like in math class and right. you're just whispering across the room and you slowly get louder. And then usually it would it would come out where the end. So Someone would just kind of yell, but it was hard to like, you know, it didn't really sound like penis. It was like, penis! You know, and so it was like, what happened? You know? Um, and the teacher couldn't really tell that we said penis, but um, that was a classic game. You never played that game? I, I have played that yeah. game. Great game. Underrated. It, you're bringing back great memories right now. You're making me think of a Dan Kirschbaum, a.k.a. Kirsch, who uh, got into sh- some shenanigans with Mrs. Basica in eighth grade. But okay. we, we don't need to go deep. To <laughs> I mean, we, if you want to go deep, I don't know. Nah, I don't know this guy. I mean, I, uh, Kirsch was a funny dude. Kirsch was a funny dude. Kirsch, Kirsch, Kirsch had a had good game, as they say in the business. All good, right, solid uh, game. The other, you know, the other big kind of penis related thing. I, it, it feels good, you know, when I was in college. My our my biology teacher freshman year, um, he made everyone say he's like guys we're gonna we're doing some anatomy we all just have to get comfortable saying it so he made the entire class say penis and then we all had to say it together and then he said all right now say vagina and then we had to say that together so it was just anyways it's now that we're so just saying it a lot so Negi was just in 
uh, an anatomy class and was encouraged to say the words. He's, Maybe he's working. That on could get, be it too. He's working on getting comfortable with it. We'll call now, that option C. Yeah. N- now I'm thinking about Mr. Hieronymus in freshman year of science <laughs> when we were learning about anatomy, and uh, the key word in that particular class where I was chastised by the teacher was breasts uh, mm. yeah tom bear thought breasts were really funny and i thought that it was funny that tom bear thought it was funny mm-hmm. but see. then hieronymus thought that i was funny thought it was funny just because of the word breasts right and then he made me out to be the immature one but it was really tom bear for the record mm-hmm. so you don't think you're immature for laughing at someone else laughing no no I, def- I definitely am but he's yeah. more he's more immature i'll agree with that he's more right tom bear and you don't think that the word breast is a little bit funny no i mean yeah, it's definitely funny. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. Uh, the other thing, this comes again to mind in school, is at least when I was like in high school, the most commonly drawn thing, probably object in the world, is a penis. I mean, so when you know when you had when you were sitting down in class, right? And let's say your buddy went to go grab go to the bathroom or something i mean whatever if he had like a notebook out here there's no doubt about it like everyone would come over and draw a penis i mean certainly i would draw three four five penises on his notes you know um you know people would draw penises on the whiteboard on the chalkboard i mean you never that was not part of a thing when i I mean mean, that was i mean there was penises everywhere the only time i've really noticed penises everywhere that i can recall as of late was when clark the cub made his debut without the pants Mm. and everybody was putting a penis on clark the cub the cub's mascot yeah that was that was a big penis Day. I don't. Rem- I don't know if I went around drawing penises on people's notebooks, but congratulations. It, no, it was. Let me tell you, it was a. It was a huge. It was a huge thing. Um, and the other thing that I think we do now with now that we don't have notebooks. In fact, I don't know if I've, the last time I drew anything on a piece of paper or even wrote anything besides scribble my name sometimes. Um, but um, the other thing we uh, would do, we would be uh, drawing these. So first of all, have you ever seen Superbad? No. You never seen Superbad? No, I know. Okay. He's, I, well, that's a whole that's a whole classic thing where Jonah Hill, as a kid, he had this thing where he drew a bunch of dicks and he would put them in uh, this. He had this lunchbox and he drew all of these penises and he put them in the lunchbox. And one day, like some girl accidentally knocked over the lunchbox and all the penis drawings fell out and then he got in big trouble. He had to go to a therapist Ooh. and he had to stop eating all foods that look like penises. Wow. Yeah. Foods that look like penis. Okay. Yeah. Oh, this is what I was gonna say. Uh, now, do you have Snapchat? I do, I, but I don't really use it that use much. It. So this is another classic thing. You're hanging out with friends and somebody falls asleep. Take a picture because you can draw on Snapchat, and then you draw a penis around, you know, the, face. around the face. Those, hey, are, those are, those are the t- some of the top three ways that you can the penis can be included in your daily social life. So you're thinking that Nagy perhaps was doing some Snapchat, and all of a sudden he was just really getting into it, and then he all of a sudden he's going seventh inning stretch penis. Well, I think that... The type of person that would do all the things that I described, that would play the penis game in high school, that draws penis when his friend draws a penis on his friend's notebook, right? Draws a penis on his friend's, uh, he takes a Snapchat of his sleeping friend, draws a penis. That's the same person that then when his friend's like, hey, man, I bet you won't say penis when you're doing a seventh inning stretch. That's the person who's like, you know what? I am going to do it. Mm. And then he does it. And so Nagy, I, I mean, I, we could probably go wherever Nagy went to high school, we'd probably ask. And he said, yeah, the kid draw penises and everything. He probably did. He probably did. Do we, should we play the penis <laughs> game on the, on the podcast or is that too immature? Uh, or do I you mean, think it doesn't pl- particularly play well? Well, I mean, I don't know who's going to get us in trouble. You know, you have to have that element uh, of, like, right. who, who are we going to get in trouble with? I, I thought I was being super, I thought I was being really creative with that. Like, and then, you know, people, we can. Could, we, people could play along at home. Like, I'd say penis, and then you'd say penis. And then I'd say penis. 
penis. <laughs> See, I know I, 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 I thought that was a great. No, it's, it's good. Yeah, it's strong, just good content. I strong, hope that strong um, idea by me. our our producers when they listen to this later, they say this is exactly what I was hoping you guys would talk about today. Yeah, no, I'm sure uh, Ashley, who perhaps has to check this out at some point, <laughs> is just thrilled with this conversation. Yeah. So thanks, Ashley. By the way, for yeah, for we, we appreciate it. Uh, all right. Well, that's our uh, that's our Matt Nagy talk today. And one more time, this is it. Penis. Yeah, it's got to be penis. It's penis, man. It's got to be penis. Thank you, Matt. We appreciate you. As we wrap up, thank yous on the show today to Joey Chestnut, Ethan Blumenthal, Ashley Young for all her support, and Ozzie Gian. And I'm going to make Ozzie my final thoughts. The Chicago White Sox, in my lifetime, and probably yours, have won one World Series. It came in 2005, and Ozzie Guillen was the manager. They lost one game in the playoffs, got phenomenal starting pitching, clutch hitting, everything fell into place. But that team in September was on a nosedive, and they were collapsing. And Ozzie Guillen started taking more and more heat by the day bringing the attention on himself and not on his players. Sox came out of the tailspin, got themselves in the playoffs, and they won the World Series. And Ozzy's always been an outspoken guy, and as you heard him say on the podcast today, that he has, quote, changed. I personally don't know if he needs to change, but I get it that organizations don't want to be at odds with their manager. They want somebody who they can get along with. That's cool, and I think Ozzy has learned from his experiences in Chicago with Kenny Williams and, of course, in Florida with the Marlins. But he clearly is a guy who deserves another chance. He's practically begging for it. And if you look around baseball at all the managers and you look around baseball, and it shouldn't be about this, but it is a little bit about this, at the minorities who rarely get an opportunity in the position – Ozzy absolutely deserves another shot. So if I was a team who had a bunch of guys that I wanted to bring together who maybe had another level of fire that they could reach, I'm calling Ozzy again, and I'm giving him a shot, his third shot to be a manager in the big leagues. For whatever reason, teams have put Ozzy on the side. He's even willing to be a coach in Chicago. The game is better with him in it. And whatever organization, if there will be one, that takes a shot on Ozzie Guillen as their manager will not regret it. So here's to Ozzie getting another shot. Thanks for checking out On The Mark. It comes out every Monday afternoon, and we will see you next week.